Hello guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about an awesome way to start your free podcast, and I mean free, no catch, no gimmicks. It's totally free, easy to edit, easy to record, and easy to promote and monetize your podcast. It's called Anchor.fm, and I highly recommend you guys and gals, check it out, and start your own podcast, let your voice be heard. And also, don't forget to listen to Wild Dog Podcasts, and tell them that I sent you and that you hear it from me. So you get more people to join Anchor.fm. You will not be disappointed because they will also put your podcast in other platforms and then make it very, very much easier for you. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, guys and gals. I'll be talking about the movie The Silence of the Lambs. And let me just say, this is the very first time I saw this movie. I, n- I mean, there have been uh, many opportunities where I saw this movie. I know about the great reviews I heard about it from everybody. I know about the awards. Uh, I mean, this is like a drama, suspense, thriller, crime, horror movie. A lot of, a lot of die-hard horror fans usually consider this like a, a true horror movie because what it is. And it was a serial killer pretty much. But, um, it's, it's like I said, it's my first time watching it. And we don't heard so much about it. I just never had a chance to get around to it at the time, you know. And... So, so this on Netflix. Um, I think this is gonna be the. I think November's the month for the Silence of the Lambs. When December hits, it's gonna be moved out of the Netflix streaming list. So I decided, you know what? Let me watch it since I have the time. Um, what do I think of this movie? Damn, I miss a lot though, because I know there's sequels to it too for a franchise and the TV series, of course. And this movie was really fucking good, man. I was really fucking surprised. I, I was like, wow, I'm like, I, I said to myself, why the fuck can I wait so long to see this movie? This movie came out like in um, 1991, and it's fucking 2015, like, I waited too fucking long, <laughs> you know, it's crazy, man, and, um, well, anyway, I mean, without, without reviewing it, I mean, reviewing it, but without spoiling, like, who have not seen the movie, it's about this FBI agent who's a tra- trainee, and her boss sent her to a case to talk to the serial killer. And then later on, the serial killer played by Anthony Hopkins, he's like a cannibal. He's a cannibal. And he's like in this prison cell, like in the basement. And as the movie develops, he talks about, do you want to catch this killer named like some, uh, called Buffalo Bill? And then then the agent caught, caught his interest with that, like, so you know who Buffalo Bill is. And then it, it just leads up to that investigation pretty much like, like how, like when the, her and the, and the people she works with, that they're gonna find out trying to f- stop this serial killer named Buffalo Bill with while well, this F- F- FBI investigator played by Jodie Foster with the help of a serial killer who's still in the cell that he's gonna like pretty much like help out in his own twisted way about how to find this other serial killer and how he actually knew him you know and um then they see the serial killer Buffalo Bill kidnap kidnap this lady and you find that this girl that this lady he kidnapped has to be the senator's daughter so now the center's trying to make a deal with, with uh, Hannibal Lecter's character about, like, giving more clues to the serial killer guy. Like, how can I find the serial killer who cannot make daughter before she gets murdered? You know? So, you know, you got this big investigation, you know, and then later on, this, this movie also leads up to the Anthony Hopkins character, who's also a serial killer, how he escapes from his cell, you know, later on, you know? But, um, I thought this movie was well, well, well written. Character development was pretty good in my opinion. The investigation, the drama, suspense, everything in this fucking movie was good though. 
you know, so I, f- I feel kind of sad that I, I took so long to watch this movie, you know, I should get this chance when I, when I had a chance a couple years back, but, um, all in all, yeah, man, this movie was fucking good, though, I can see why this get, this movie got rave reviews, but at the same time, it does have little flaws to it, but I don't want to be so nitpicky about it, you know, um, I like the twist ending, I like, I like who the serial killer is, like how they kept, like how they stopped the killer pretty much, um, the, the way they set it up though, um, The Silence of the Lambs, check it out, definitely, definitely it's a good movie, peace guys, see you later. Hey guys, what's up, yo, this movie's on Netflix right now, it's called Wilderness, it's from 2006, it's a European, like, survival horror movie, and I just saw this before, I remember it was on cable TV, and, um, I was surprised, I was like, I, I thought I talked about this, but I never did. Uh, this movie's about these juvenile delinquents, you know, it shows you like a beginning how, how they act like when they were in jail, they're picking on this kid, this kid ended up killing himself, um, the warrant got mad, and then they end up got this idea, like, let's like, send all these juvenile delinquents in an inhabited island where nobody inhabited it, and make them like work as a team and stuff. Wow, that's interesting. And you got a cast of characters. Like, like the juvenile delinquents going against each other, arguing and fighting. And later on, they met up these couple of girls. They were also on the island. And later on, you got like this bum guy. Trying to, he tried to defend himself against the two juvenile delinquents, and they ended up killing him, the bum. And then they start doing an investigation on it. Like, what the fuck just happened, pretty much. And um, later on, the movie progressed when. You got this mysterious killer with, who's like he has a dogs. He killed like like arrow. Like he has a he's an archer. He's not killing anyone that's on the island one by one or in groups at least. Because the juvenile the juvenile delinquents end up dying and stuff. This movie is bloody and gory. It has like realistic kills. The kill scenes are really good in this movie. I know it's nothing new, but I like how they deliver these kill scenes in this movie. It's more like realistic kill scenes, like I say. And the European horror movies like now. They're more towards doing realistic stuff. And yeah, they have some comedy and, and um in their movies too. But movies like this is more realistic, like when it comes to kill scenes, and I like that shit. And Wilderness is a good example of one. You know, and um as the movie progressed, the juvenile delinquents and and the females have to work as a team. And you know, meanwhile you got one juvenile delinquent like a real asshole. Like he started arguing with them and he's th- and you said some of them might they will go against each other also, but um, like I said, the movie progressed. You also have your, like your twist in the movie at the end. I don't want to spoil like a twist, like what's behind this killer's motive and who's helping this killer also. And pretty much, I don't want to ruin too much, but this movie is really fucking good. If you like the survival horror genre, this is definitely a much much pick. In my case, I saw this on cable, but guess what? You have Netflix streaming. You can check this movie out right now. It's Wilderness by, I mean, the year 2006, excuse me. Peace, guys. See you later. Hey, guys and gals. Today I'll be talking about the movie The Red Skulls from 2005. And no, I'm not talking about a Marvel comic book supervillain. Um, this is like a very independent movie. I'm one of my favorite, very independent actress. Like, she's very independently. You don't hardly see her in too much movies. But I think pretty much the movie she was in, I actually enjoy. Her name is Rosa Hydet. If you see a movie like um, Poison Sweetheart or Demon Summer or Midnight Skater, 
that um you probably know who I'm talking about. She's to me she's like when it comes to independent movies, like very low budget independent movies, shot with an independent camera. She's like one of the very few underrated horror scream queens, I would say, in horror horror movies. But I, I enjoy her performance though. Every time I see her, in something. But this, and this movie I definitely enjoyed because she pretty much plays like a bad girl named Ruby. She's one of like the side members, side characters in the movie, but she does play a big role in the movie because she does survive pretty much to the end. So it's just cool. Um, I won't spoil too much because usually independent horror movies like this, I don't like to spoil. You know, I want you guys to see and check it out for yourself. The movie's about this gang called the Red Skulls. One of their members died, and the leader of that group, the Red Skulls, decided to leave, to leave the gang. This guy ended up taking over, you know, and he's planning on, like, to get his revenge against, against a gang called the Rats that killed one of the members, the gang member. But there's also, also a backstory behind him of what really happened when the guy that the funeral they went to, plus the leader and the, and the right hand, the rival right hand, of the, of the of of that same gang who wants to take leadership anyway, kind of have their differences because you know there's a backstory with it, which I'm not gonna ruin. What really happened during the fight against the rats, which is the gang that killed the gang gang leader's friend from the Red Skulls. Well, as the movie progresses, we have these other two gang members from the same gang, the Red Skulls, decide to steal something in the warehouse, and one of them found this formula. He ended up turning into a rabid zombie, and. Uh, the the Red Skull member began taking the red liquid for himself, and um he ran out the warehouse while the other guy is a zombie and killed killed a security guard. After that, we don't know what happened to him after that. Maybe the police shot him. Who knows? Then suddenly you get the Red Skulls having this party, preparing themselves just to celebrate before they go in the fight with the rats. Meanwhile, you got the former leader of the gang side to come back, trying to get trying to get his um. I, th- I think it's his brother, pretty much. Or, like, like he's like a brother to him. Trying to get him, who's just joined the gang. And he's trying to get him out of the gang, you know. While the le- the new leader of the Red Skulls don't like the former leader because they have beef. And, you know, he doesn't want him to come poop. So he doesn't want him to come and take him away. But he had a feeling that he was going to come back anyway. Um, there's another member of the, re- of the Red Skulls, the one that stole the re- red liquid from the warehouse. He ended up wanting to, he he ended up wanting to leadership with the gang, but he knows he can't get it. So he knowing what the red liquid could do, he decided to um poison the um the bottle with the red liquid and give it to the gang leader. So, so pretty much he will have to kill him. But instead, things start quite reversed when one the, the one of the female members of the Red Skull took the um, champagne bottle filled with the red liquid and poured it into a coffin filled with liquor. And a lot of the gang members start drinking from that liquor, and suddenly, of course, they become zombies, running rapids, attacking the mem- members of the Red Skulls. And so a few of the members have to survive by locking themselves in the certain parts of the, of the house. Um, the, the brother, the, the former gang leader named Yuri, let me, I should have said his name, going to try and get out of that house with, with the help, trying to get force head against the brother to get out the house, you know? And, you know, everything's just chaos and stuff. And then when they when you thought they survived, they ended up getting to more more obstacles when the of the rival gang the rats ended up coming to the Red Skulls headquarter, ready to start the fight and they're tough. And you get one blood fest pretty much. Um without ruining too much, I mean 
I liked the movie. I thought it was good, man. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was like, like action, horror, drama. You know, I would say. And you know, it's it's very low budget, guys. If you see like a lot of low budget horror movies, especially in the eighties, and with the home camera angle, um, you might like the old school special effects. You know, it's very, very cheesy, cheap special effects, with um guts ripping up, arms ripping up, cutting. I mean, I I like it. I enjoyed it. I say the Red Skulls, check it out. Especially if you're a Rosa Hatters fan, you definitely gonna like it because she she played a really tough character in this movie too. So anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, today I'll be talking about the movie The Nightmare, and I saw this documentary, like like trailers, and I heard people talk about great reviews for this documentary about nightmares, and I was like, ah, I ain't gonna waste my time watching that, seriously, and then Netflix has it for streaming, and I said, you know what, and I say, as I say in most of my streaming videos of watching Netflix, it's free, watch it, and I had the time. And it was funny because when I saw the nightmare, I should have seen it sooner because everything that ever happened to me in my life happens in this movie. It's like I can relate to those people. Except for one guy that was talking about aliens. The alien thing I never experienced. But I did experience bad dreams and I do have sleep problems and I do have paranormal, I do have paranormal experiences similar to these people. And it was kind of cre- scary, you know, and creepy to know that. I was like, wow. I, it wasn't like I'm, the, I'm not the only one after all, you know. And it, it was scary to see that. You have a mix of people. You have some guys, a lot of women, <laughs> talking about the issues with the sleep issues, how it feels with the energy. Your hair starts sticking up. And I do have that feeling when your hair is like goosebumps and stuff. Um, I had just seen shadow people. It's like... It, like I had one, I had that experience before, which I mentioned in my past blog, I think. You know, um, I did have an experience with shadow people myself too. Um, and they start talking about the experience, how they trying to find a cure for it, whether it's medical or supernatural. They having flashbacks of their childhood, having this experience to their adulthood, and um, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, you know. Um, it's definitely a movie, a movie, documentary style movie you should see. I mean, shocking. It was actually good too, you know. Um, it's called The Nightmare. Definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up, guys and gals? Today I'll be talking about the movie The Legend of Hell House. And this movie is definitely a classic, man. I mean, I'm surprised. I thought, actually, I thought I did review this movie before and I checked it. On the videos I have reviewed on my YouTube channel page. And I never reviewed it. I don't know why. I thought I did. Long, long ago. But I guess not. But actually, um, Netflix actually have it for viewing. So, thank God for Netflix. You know? Um, besides that, um, very classic uh, supernatural ghost style movie. Um, if you like something like The Conjuring, you know, take it way back to this movie. This movie... Paved the way for movies like Conjuring, for example. And the style of it was great, man. And God rest his soul, Ronnie McDowell. Great acting. From the whole cast, actually. But Ronnie McDowell is my boy. He is the boy. And let me just say, this movie's going to contain spoilers. Because I got to talk about one scene. And I got to say it like that. So, spoiler, 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 spoiler. But I will not spoil the ending. Because I thought the ending was epic. I thought it was well done. In this movie, great twist ending. So 
That part I'm going to save for you, so don't worry, I will not spoil the final ending for you. Well, anyway, this old guy in a wheelchair hired this team, you know, and he tells this guy, I'm going to pay you this amount of money. You're going to get this team to go with you in this place called the Legend of Hell House. One of the members of the team happened to be a survivor of that of the Hell House event, of, of the original psychic, played by Roddy McDowell. So he goes with this team's a husband, a wife, another psychic, and Roddy McDowell's character, of course. And the and the lead guy, he believes in science, and he's going to use like science to exercise the house. So pretty much they're doing their studies of the house. And I thought this movie was pretty fast-paced for a supernatural movie, especially from 1973. So I, I thought it was pretty, really, really good. For what it was, I thought I thought it got its job done. You know, there's a lot of creepy moments, some some ghost moments, possession scenes. I thought it was really good. You know, um, the the ghost that does the possession, the way the ghost sound, was like like a vicious motherfucker. Like he's angry too. You know, and um, there are two deaths in this scene, in this movie. By the way, um, pretty much the people you thought was gonna survive end up dying. And the people and, and the people you think was gonna die, I mean, die, end up surviving. But there's one scene I gotta give it up for. I just gotta mention one that scene was the psychic lady, the young psychic lady. Because like you think she'll be, you think everyone's like her, almost survive. So and I did say spoils at the beginning, by the way, but I will not spoil the twist ending. So so don't don't be like get pissed off or anything. But um, yeah, there was a scene when she's like naked and she had the ghost slept with her. Because she thought it was the only way to get the ghost to leave. And then, like, later on, she found out that the ghost tricked her. And the ghost killed her later on in the movie. And I thought it was funny because, think about it, the ghost got his booty call with her. And the woman that was possessed with him a little bit and tried to defend the ghost. She ended up trying to tell the ghost to get out, to leave. But the ghost killed her anyway. And he started laughing at her. You know, it's like, it's like he banged her, used her, and killed her. I'm like, that's some fucked up shit. He did, he did like, the booty call play on her. Like brainwash that shit. That's that. That's that ghetto shit, man. Like you see, how, like in my neighborhood, you see guys using women and shit, and and that's bad too. I don't like when guys do that. But I'm just saying, think about it. That's how this movie played out, played her out, man. I'm like, damn. But like I said, I, I did say I was gonna spoil it for you to begin with, 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 with once with with with, with some with something like one that scene. But the ending I will not spoil. Like I just mentioned, repeat like two times already. Sorry. But besides that, I thought this movie was great. Like acting, the ghost elements was great. Spiritual element, like the paranormal events, how it, how it played out. Images, creepy moments, like that. The Legend of the Hell House looked great. The environment, good soundtrack, you know. Um, great movie, man. Great fucking movie. Definitely see it, especially it's on Netflix now. So take advantage of it. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, so I'll be talking about. Horror slash movie from the 80s, and it's I guess it's from Troma because I, I know it has Lloyd Kaufman as one of the producers in this movie. And of course, it's an early 80s slash, it's one of those slashes who I presume capitalized on the slasher craze. It's called, called Splatter University. And spoiler, 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 I'm gonna spoil it because this is a shitty ass splatter, it's stupid. Concept is simple, the usual. Um, you get this killer escape from a mental asylum, and it's only a few, I think three years later, he kills a school teacher in the university, and then next semester you get these young students going to school, you know, typical cast, drunk party, 
sex sexual act, active guys, you know. I um, you got a school principal. It's, it's played by it's run by priests. I, I guess it's a Catholic university, right? And you got all these naughty people not wearing their uniforms. <laughs> there, there's nobody wearing uniforms. Like it's a Catholic university. Wow. Um, you got a, another priest that will mess with one of the students. You got some teachers. You get a few. You get a few kill scenes, but the kill scenes at least you see blood in it. It's just stabbing kill scenes, and but you do you do see like blood splattering. So it does live up to that little bit of part. Um, this movie is just shitty to me because it's just mostly more talking. You have a drama with one of the students. You have a woman perceiving that maybe this person could be the killer. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, that our our final girl dies in the fucking movie. I won't say who the killer is. I'm going to let that part slide. So just watch this movie if you want. You can watch it for free anyway. I actually watch it on YouTube. Thank God I'm not. They paid for this shit. But um, all in all, man, it's just it's just a pretty predictable movie, especially when it gets towards the end. Of you. I mean, I think you probably wouldn't know who, who the killer is. But it's just why kill the final girl? Why kill kill the heroine? I hate that shit. You know, just gasses you up, man. But that's for the killer. I didn't say who the killer was, but like I say, it's gonna be obvious. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. Sorry House Massacre. Um, this came with my double feature with a double sided disc A and B, and I didn't know I had this. I was surprised. I was like looking through my art collection, and I saw it. I was like, oh shit, I did have this. So I had one and two. Um, I wish I got the trilogy with Hard to Kill in it, but um, I, I don't have that yet. That's only on a video set, and the DVD release for it is just ridiculously, ridiculously, excuse me. Ridiculous, pretty much like sixty dollars for it. I was like, yo, I'll wait, maybe one time I get a DVD dash off print. But um, yeah, so House Massacre one and two. I actually like both of these movies. You know, it's a simple plot to each each of these two movies. It's about a killer murdering these beautiful girls. Um, we call them screen queens. You know, and in part one, you got this woman that goes into Saudi House. She has visions of this murder, and she don't know what's going on. Um, you also got a mental patient that escaped the mental hospital and he goes out killing these women. And the re reason why the mental patient, the killer, goes into this house because that's where he used to live and kill his parents. But there was one survivor in this house and that was actually the killer's sister. And the killer's sister was the woman who lives in the Saudi house now, perhaps be her old home. And then she figures that out later on in the movie as a couple of the girls are being killed one by one. and and the other girl hoping the heroine in the movie to battle the kill out and when the girl's dead the heroine has to battle the killer one on one and she was able to battle him out and defeat him simple right um oh this movie was enjoyable like I said it's a simple plot movie and the kill suits were simple too by the way but enjoyable though and then we got Sony House Massacre Part 2 this time they want to take like like this Ouija board route you know, make it easy. We're gonna summon this spell, this old killer that used to murder somebody in this house. As one of the girls told, I mean, when the guy next to the neighbor told these girls of a flashback story about the killer who killed his family in the house. But the flashback they used was actually a Slumber Party Massacre 1, but they changed the flash, flashback story around to that he actually murdered his family instead of murdering young young adults, you know, in, in um, the house, <laughs> you know. So, um, 
So it's Hostager, Hostager was the guy's name. He was the killer, so the ghost decided to use the Ouija board and summon his spirit. And um, mysteriously, a killer appears, start killing the ghost one by one. And um, and it goes on wondering what's, what's going on, you know. And went to the basement, they showed the two of the dead bodies of their girlfriends that were dead. They run out, and they actually throw this awful catch from the next door neighbor that was doing the killing. So they ended up running back to the house. Yeah, they ran back into the house. And um, try to survive the night pretty much and they take all the while they think over catcher was a killer. Mysteriously one of the girls decided to run out and she had getting killed by the mysterious killer. And then all catcher got into the house, battled one of the survivors, the survivor stabbed him. I mean yeah the survivor stabbed over Ketchum. He's like temporarily dead. She got him back into the like in the bathroom where one of her friends decided to hide out. She found her friends dead. But she ran down, she saw that the real killer in the basement was actually one of the Saudi roommates of hers, and he, she found out that she was possessed by the killer of the, out of the house, and realized that she was doing the killing all this time. So she's trying to bail her out. All the catcher comes out of nowhere, bells help help the lady battle the killer, who was possessed by the, who was possessed by battle the evil roommate was possessed by the killer, and uh, and um, Hostag was possessed the roommate's body, kills all the catcher. And then she's going after the girl, and then the girl ended up killing the possessed body of 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 Hitchcock, excuse me. And she died. And then later on, the police comes in. She showed the they show the police comes in. They show the dead bodies, and um, the the possessed spirit is possessing her body now. The heroine of the movie. And then the cops shot. I mean, all oh, catch up, excuse me. Got up, took the cops' gun, and shot her. And then she ended up being dead and then the cops start shooting over Ketchum and then he ended up being dead and it's pretty obvious you see the end with the question mark and it's pretty obvious that the demon possessed over Ketchum's body now. Um all Sorry Massacre House Sorry House excuse me, Sorry House Massacre Part two was also another enjoyable movie. Same like the first movie, it's pretty much beautiful girls escaping the killer, finding the killer, you know. And I think a lot of you guys like it for the TNA stuff, but let's be real. But um Besides that, good good Saturday night popcorn flick movie definitely enjoyable to watch with your friends. Uh, if you watch a movie like that, I said watch it with um, Slow Party Massacre 1, 2, and 3. With this, with the double feature Sorry House Massacre 1 and 2. Also, adding Kill Party. Kill Party is another good movie. Same style like this, by the way, I would say. But more, a little bit more amped up, in my opinion. And also, try to track down Hard to Kill if you can get it for an affordable price. Also known as Tower Tower when it hit the movie theater, which was supposed to be like Sorry House Massacre 3 at Hood. But anyway, peace guys, see you later. See these white padded walls? They represent my mind. Two sides of me. There's a black and there's a white. You know, there's a good side and there's a evil side. A side where you can just talk about fun stuff, and there's a side where you can just get serious. I'm the original authority of the video blogger. Welcome to the video Boom, boom! Boom, boom! Hey guys, what's up? You know, Expendables 2 is coming right around the corner, so of course, they're gonna release a movie called Soldiers of Fortune. And let me just say, this is the very first movie I saw with Christian Slater since he's doing those straight to home market releases now. Anyway, and I will say it's kind of like *Expendables 2: Republic*. You're gonna have to see some motorcycle scenes, 
You can see a guy, one of the most cyclistic guys, he looked like a young Sylvester Stallone, I kid you not. So I was like, okay. But that's still out of the way, I've seen action movies like this even before that, so that's like nothing new. So, anyway, so it's unfortunate. Have a flashback story with Twisted Slater leading his team to stop these terrorists. They found out that one of them happens to be a CIA agent that went that's teaming up with the terrorists. And after that, he saved his friend against the villain. Um, the villain in this movie is really cool because he's the guy from Star Trek: Next Generation. He played like kind of like the Scotty role, but he's the villain in in the TV show Hell's Own Wheels. You know, the Baron guy that owns the railroads. So anyway, he Slayer was discharged, you know, for saving his friend. And then in the pretty much in the present age, he's like a he's like a drunk, he's a gambler, and um suddenly a poker game went crazy and realized the poker game was set up to see if he still has some final abilities. And then Christmas Slayer's character was hired by this lady saying that hey, my island is needs to be liberated for freedom because a warlord kinda of ruled it. And one of the people that helped him, the warlord, is the guy from the CIA agent, the villain in, in this movie. But um, she's telling Crystal Slater's character, you know, I'm running this game show. I have, like, these millionaires backing her up so that she could buy weapons and have them transport to the island. And, yeah, and the thing is, is, like, they want these millionaires, they, well, how they get paid back is, like, they want to be in this game show and they just get to ask like get their kicks off, you know, excitement, like training in the drill, being like training the drill, like G.I. Joe type style with guns, learn how to survive and stuff. So then, I mean, this movie has action, but it has more comedy in it, but it was, it was pretty good, this movie, I did enjoy it, I'm not gonna lie, it was well balanced between the action and comedy and the silly moments in this, you know, and you might have some few what the fuck moments like this one, I mean, they wanna be in a game show, and they pay like a lot of money for this, anyway, so, after they train in and the comical moments and so on, they gotta go on the Snake Island where the Warlord is, you know, and but and plus, so he's kind of had to deliver the weapons to the rebels so they can fight for freedom on that island. But one of the the villain in the movie found out that there was boats coming in and he shot two of the boats, and then the boat that survives with Chris Slade and their guys who really don't, really don't have any kind of military experience, except for one guy, Ring Rain's character, sorry. And um, he was like a weapon dealer, but he was part of the good guys anyway. So, they gotta fight and survive against these warlord and his army. Um, they get captured, a few of them got killed. But um, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but anyway, but I can tell you one thing, it's, it's similar to Expendables. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah I'm gonna be honest, it's Expendables ripoff, but Again, we've seen movies like this before, before Expendables ever came out. So there's really nothing new in Janeiro, but still, to see it again, it's like, okay, it's pretty cool. You know, Social Fortune, check it out if you have a chance. It's not a bad movie, don't, don't be fooled by the haters. It's pretty enjoyable to watch. Everyone, what's up? Today I'll be talking about the movie Shapeshifter. This came out in 2005, and um, I, I like this movie. It was actually enjoyable. Um, it's about this guy who's a shapeshifter. He kills, he kills like a guy in the beginning of the movie, and then later on you got this that he got sent to the prison. Later on you got another story to this movie about a woman who just be, just became like a security guard, get get a job working in this new prison, and um, 
Well, the story sounds like these prisoners are going to get transferred to a better prison. You know, because I think the prison is going to close down or something. So, so um, later on, the guy was the shapeshifter monster ended up being in that prison also. And you'd be wondering why is he in that prison, you know? So, later on in the movie, the guy transferred to the monster. He starts killing people. And um, the woman, the security guard woman, and a few of the prisoner survivors have to um, lock themselves in one prison and try and then escape this one prison from this one monster. You know, going inside the um, ceiling and like going from another part of the prison, trying to survive against this evil, this hungry monster. And then you start and the monster killing the prisoners one by one. And um, later on in the movie, you start finding out that that the monster had an intention why he was in the prison, you know, why he got himself caught to be in this prison. And you also find out that one of the prisoners has some kind of a close relation with the monster. And he's not telling the whole story as he should be, you know. So, you go get a little, little, little twist on that movie when the prisoner, sorry, when the prisoner revealed who the monster really is to him and what the monster was really about, what's the true objective of the monster. As the female prisoner, I mean, as, a, as the female security guard and the prisoners, like I said, have to battle this monster out and try to survive, pretty much. Um, suppose that's all. Um, kill scenes are similar the monster ripping through your skin, eating this blood and gore, you know. Um, it, enjoyable, very enjoyable movie, simple, nothing fancy to um, tell about this movie. I mean, that's all it is. And I don't want to spoil too much for you, of course. So, uh, Shapeshifter, you can check it out for Netflix for streaming. Well, you can probably pick up the DVD. You might, you might find it for a cheap price, though. Peace, guys. See you. What's up? Today, we're talking about the Shaft Trilogy. This is all the movies. Shaft 1, Shaft 2, and Shaft 3. Um, I'm going to give a little quick rundown. Um, the first two discs is like a double disc for 1 and 2. The first disc does contain a better special feature with the making of Shaft 1. And then the second disc contains Shaft in Africa. The first Shaft movie is about Shaft. Have to help a gangster named Bumpy Johnson to find his daughter, and then you realize that a rival gang, gangster from the Mafia kidnapped his daughter, so Shaft gotta get her back. And in Shaft's big score, you got like the insurance businessman, and he died, and Shaft gotta investigate his death, and who, who set the whole thing up, and you find out that his partner, the businessman partner who died, is working with another criminal to owe him, owe him his money, so Shaft have to stop the um, traitor and stop the evil, the other evil businessmen from the crime family. And then you got Shaft in Africa, and this is where it takes another big turn. I mean, you got Shaft, like, they got Shaft, like, being, like, James Bond, and she has to go to Africa undercover as a slave, and then go to Paris, right, as a slave get transferred to, to Paris to become slaves for the modern times in the 20th century as work in the kitchen or do road work, pretty much. And Shaft have to stop the crime crime boss that's running the operation, and um, all three Shaft movies were very enjoyable. Shaft Big School was pretty interesting. I mean, you got Shaft finding like a helicopter, and I thought it was one of the finest helicopter when a human is running chase scene. I thought it was pretty good, cool, you know. But um, it was some stupid moments in, in this movie too. I mean, like when he like in the second movie, like when he captured the the crime, the mafia leader, right? And I, I was surprised the villain in the movie there fought Shaft when he was when Shaft held him hostage during the car chase scene to the bunk chase scene. I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, you mean this guy don't want to fight back? But come on, 
I mean, I'm all for the hero though, don't get me wrong, but still, it'd be kind of curious. But nonetheless, it's still enjoyable. And plus, you get a new Shaft theme song in the Shaft Big Score. Cold Shaft is always a classic. I mean, no introduction on that one. I mean, we all know the deal with Shaft, first movie. Shaft in Africa, I mean, I find it kind of funny how they, um, they made James Bond, man. That's so silly, but nonetheless, still enjoyable. And the white girl in this movie played a love interest of the evil businessman. Hot as hell. And also, um, yeah, like let me just mention that how um, Chef got um, kidnapped by these half the African um, embassy type of guys, and they train Chef how to do heat. You know, they teach him stick fighting. Um, the embassy, the embassy's um, leader, like leader of the tribe, his daughter, start teaching Chef the the ways of uh, ways of their culture, and she she is also the love interest of Chef. She kind of looked like Beyonce a little bit. Very pretty lady, by the way. And um, and then they start to develop a love interest for each other, Shaft and and the um tribal leader's daughter. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty nice. You know, and then you get towards the end when Shaft was able to stop the evil businessman, as Shaft always do. I mean, all in all, um, all all three movies are really good. I say go get it. Um, I was lucky enough to get this for a good deal for eight dollars. You know, so let me just show you how it looks like. Like I say, double disc, and then you get the third disc, Shaft and Africa. So anyway guys, peace, and see you later. Guys, what's up, man? I went on my Netflix streaming, and I decided, yo, let me check this movie out since I have the time. It's called Satan's Little Helper. And you go, like I said, you watch the stream for free on Netflix. This movie came out in 2004. It's already 2013, that's like, see. Oh wow, close to 10 years. Um, wow, it's been a long time. I heard about this movie, like, like, I never bothered with it. It's like, I felt like it was like, Okay, a typical independent horror movie that's going to take advantage of the Halloween month, you know. But I wish I did pay attention. It was pretty good, actually. You know, this movie's about, like, this guy. He got, like, this double costume. And I like this Halloween mask. i never seen this in a store, so I think it's a, an original Halloween mask. You know, very original. And I like it. And it's, like, the serial killer around killing people, you know. And, um... One day, this kid is going trick or treat. He's like fascinated with the devil, like Satan, and he saw this guy killing people, and he thought it was like really cool. Like, oh wow, C can you be my hope? I want you to kill my sister's boyfriend. So the Satan, this guy who dressed as the devil, tells him to be quiet. You know, like he was going with this kid. He agrees to kill this guy's um, his sister's boyfriend, and and he thought, and the kid thought like oh, this was, this was like fake. It's all pretend, like a game. But later on, he's gonna find out that his shit is real, you know. Um, there's like moments when um, he's in the house, and um, he's telling the telling the guy in the devil costume, you know what? The plans been changed. I'm going out with my sister boyfriend to pick up some candy, and um, I mean, not costumes. Excuse me, to pick up our cost costume. So follow him to the costume shop. So they went out. Sit the guy who just in the devil's outfit. We're gonna follow them, and then. And then when the kid walks out with the sister's boyfriend, the guy in the devil costume jumped the boyfriend, beat him up, you know, and he thought he killed him, right? So anyway, later in the movie, the kid brought the guy back into his house. The sister saw him and she thought it was her boyfriend in the costume. So he stopped playing around with the sister a little bit, you know, but nothing they went as far. So she's lucky and the boy kind of like jumped in and everything got stopped pretty much. 
and then pretty much like like right now the guy in the devil costume everyone thinks that's actually his sister's boyfriend while meanwhile the sage is somewhat back shopping this time he has to go out for candy with the boy and he picks up this picks some groceries like like home to like tools in the kitchen they kill people with and um he runs out in the supermarket with the groceries and the boy was excited and then he's like killing the supermarket the guy the um packing boy the super supermarket guy that pack bags kill him and then he got the boy in the shopping cart and he started playing the game like hitting a blind man hitting pregnant women hitting a baby and the boy this boy is stupid he actually plays all the game you know but it's like real life you know but um but I like the kid anyway. The kid was a good actor, you know. Like the way he acted, like he 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 showed that in his world that this is like like real to him. But at the same time, he thought it was the kills were fake. Later on in the movie, the father comes in, and I'm like, oh, they have parents. I didn't know that he had a dad. And then the boys I mentioned, and then the sister finally took knows that that's not Alex. That's not her boyfriend, you know. Later on, Alex finally wakes up from his unconsciousness, you know. For example. And um, I don't want to ruin too much, man. I'm saying I'm stretching this a little bit, but all in all, when they listen, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. When they found out that the, that this guy is a killer, in real life, the boy when the killer kills the boy's dad, that's when the boy starts crying and he realizes this is real, pretty much, you know. And it's like stupid moments, like one stupid moment plot that got me going. Like they had a chance to escape, the doors wide open, you know. But it's like one of those horror movies where you're just being a typical horror movie, and um. You know, there's a scene when the devil kidnaps the mom and the girlfriend and the boy have to go after the killer and save the mom and then pretty much stop the killer. And I don't want to ruin too much, but it, it kind of like rips off a little bit from um, Halloween H2O, how Michael Myers kind of tricked people that you really think it's him, but it's really not him type of, type of um, scene, you know. And as for the police... Oh man, the police department has to be weak because this guy looked like he took out the whole fucking police department. And then you got your little twist ending, which is kind of like predictable. But anyway, just a fast forward story. This movie was a draw to watch. Um, I saw something about special feature on the DVD, has commentary and the making of. But like I said, I saw this one on Netflix. And um, check it out, Satan's Little Helpers on Netflix right now. Um, you can see it for free. And I really do like this mask. Um, I wonder if they sell it. I'm going to check out eBay. I'm kind of curious. Guys, so are we talking about the movie Mountaintop Hotel Massacre? And uh, this is an old movie. I remember seeing the cover for this in the video store, and it never caught my interest because the cover alone, to me, it was like it wasn't scary for me. Even though you see a crazy white woman, I'm from the Bronx. Trust me, I see a lot of crazy people. What crazy people? Especially crazy old women looking like this. So to me, I didn't find this scary at all. So anyway, this was on Netflix for streaming for free. Right, and um, I hear reviews for this. I heard mostly bad reviews and a few good reviews. Kind of like a cult. This movie is kind of like a cult status right now, I would say. You know what I heard from reviews, and um, this movie wasn't so bad. You know, M M M Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Get three M's. Well, if anyway, any movie needs a remake because of the origin, I believe Mountaintop Motel Massacre needs a remake really bad, real quick. You know, you know what I'm saying? To app it up some more. Um, I read one review on IMDb.com, kind of, kind of agree on it. This movie could have been so much more, could have been so much better. Um, was it a bad movie? Um, it wasn't bad. It was just like it could have been better to me. 
in my opinion of it, you know. And I wasn't on talk person that talked about reviewing it. And and really review IMDb, he made it and me, I'm just doing a video blog version of it. Um, this movie is pretty much this old white woman. She killed her daughter because her daughter was practicing like I guess black magic, jumping her father back to life or something. And she just went crazy with a sink weapon, like the death weapon, like a, like a sick. You know, started going crazy and she chopped up her daughter by mistake. And then when she died, she kind of like cover up the murder, tell the sheriff like she ain't did it. And that's why I make it like it was an accident. I'm like, really? An accident? He told me the sheriff is really that stupid not to know that she killed her daughter. I mean, come on. It's like everything is like right there. Anyway, they gave the daughter a funeral. The woman got back to her motel. You have some guests coming in, staying in the hotel, in the motel, like like cabin motel. And I say I did like the environment for this movie because it fit for this movie. It's like creepy and uh, forest cabin, the woods type of thing. It was like creepy. It, it, it worked, you know, the environment part. But to me, I feel like this movie trying to be like a cycle, takes a chainsaw massacre type of thing, but it just didn't work, you know, it just did not deliver that style to it, you know. Um, anyway, I guess there was this old woman, she's not thinking that her daughter's calling her, you know, the, the spirit of the daughter starts saying, kill her, they want to put her back in the asylum, pretty much. So this old woman starts going underneath the basement, like underground, and each of the motel room have like underground passageway where she will come out. And you know, she released like rats, snakes, and roaches in, in people's cabin. I was like, ew, man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, just. And then later in the movie, she ended up using the weapon, the sick weapon, to start killing the motel guests. Um, each of the guests, you have like this one black guy, he's like a construction worker type of guy, you know what I'm saying? You have a pre preacher, you know, the one who came in the beginning of the movie to see the mother of the daughter and trying to and see what, when the daughter's buried and stuff. He ended up staying in the motel. Um, you got these two newlywed couples, you got this guy, he thinks he, like, he's like a Columbia record type of guy, but you got these two women staying with him because, you know, they got their car stuck, and he's trying to get these, trying to get, trying to get laid with these two females in a way. But later in the movie, um, the murders start happening, and a couple of the guests, like the man who thinks, like he's trying to fake, like he's with a Columbia record, and a carpenter guy, the black guy, start teaming up. You know, telling the other guests, you know, be careful. Um, they had her in the floor. Like I said, some, some, a few of the guests got murdered. Um, it wasn't like a lot of people to kill. It was only a few people died in this movie. You know? Well, a lot of people died in this movie. Let's put like, maybe like, I would say, see, let me count. Like about four or five people died, I would say. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, the kill scenes are typical. There's like, the sick kill scenes pretty much. And um at the end I like and spoiler, spoiler, I will spoil this movie for you. I'm gonna save you the trip. I'm gonna spoil it for you. And if you want you can go on Netflix for streaming, stream it for free. You have to pay nine I sent the DVD or anything, you know. Um the sheriff comes in, he start going underground, and he start battling the crazy old white woman. And then, the, and then, the, like the underneath the underground, start like tumbling down with the rocks and the and the debris and the wood pillow fell on the old lady, and and like the sick chopped up the lady's neck, and the sheriff got close. And for some reason, she was still alive a little bit, and she died. And um, the sheriff went went back 
up to the one of the motel room, told the lady he thinks that everybody's dead. Suddenly, when the survivor came out, the guy who think he was faking that he was from Columbia Records, he came out and he survived. So it's the sheriff, the man, and the woman. One of the the cousins survived actually, and they all got into the car. And then suddenly, you see like a, a spirit of the daughter, like in ghost form. She was walking around the woods, and I guess the movie tried to tell you that it was the daughter probably possessed the mom to go around going on this killing spree pretty much. But um the the sheriff drive up with the two survivors at the end. Um all all um I mean it was an enjoyable movie. It's not the greatest, not the best, it's not good, it's not all that. But it was enjoyable for for some reasons. You know what I'm saying? Because it's old school and it you know, I'm I'm old fashioned guy when it comes to movies, especially the horror genre. I'm old fashioned. But um like I say, if, if one of those horror remakes since that's the latest trend these days now, I would say Mount Top Motel Massacre should get a remake. And don't be surprised if Motel Hell might get a remake too, who knows. And Motel Hell was a good movie. Motel Hell, to me, Motel Hell is a way better movie than this one. Between the two, if you go compare, Motel Hell all the way is way better. But don't be surprised if, those, if that movie get a remake also, you know what I mean? I mean, come on, I think that was the first movie that had the Pighead Mask. I mean, the original Pighead Mask. But yeah, most time Motel Massacre, um, like I said, stream for free, and hopefully this might get a remake when they can make the movie much more better than it was before. Peace out, see you later. The movie The Telling, and this is a dodgy horror movie. Um, a lot of people don't like it, and I admit, the dodgy story of this, I thought it was decent, but I just like mainly more like the intro part of the story and the ending part of the story, when it finalized finalize this whole movie because I kind of like the revenge factor of getting someone back you know how, how it was set up so I thought that was good the delivery on it but I don't want to spoil it you know of course I don't like to spoil movies when I talk about reviewing stuff usually because you know I want you guys to get into it you know but anyway the movie starts off this sorority I mean excuse me this pledge trying to get to the sorority find out this the sorority sister don't want her so she killed herself right then one year later, you got these new pledges, and the sword and the sorority sisters snot. They all like snotty and stuff, you know, and think they're better than everybody else. So they tell these two sorority sisters that I want each of you to tell a story, a horror story. So one one um, pledge starts saying, talk about the story about this evil doll, how this boyfriend bought this doll for his girlfriend to keep her company, and um, this doll started up talking talking to her like she wants the man for herself. And she makes the girl go crazy and stuff. And then later on, you find out that this doll is kind of like possessed, like demonic and shit. And in a way, it's kind of like demonic because I mean, the doll is crazy, you know. It kill, it does kill, you know. And then the next, and then you got the next story, the second story when the second story sister so telling the story about this female actress who gone to Europe because she wanted to do this movie, and um. And she had to go to Europe and do it. Now, when she visits the guy, and about well, this movie was the the scene, this um, part of the story is black and white. And um, but so she ended up doing this. So she had, um, the director was like kind of talking to her, gave her drinks, told her to come down for dinner. She meets the rest of these people. The mask, who has to be something like production of this movie, is that telling her about death? How 
how they live off in love movies that the greatest history is like death, like horror pretty much. And then each of the people in the mask on the dinner table started revealing themselves as zombies. They were like the undead. And the directors are saying even the undead people need to be entertained. So they used this girl to be in the horror movie. And then you also got a twist ending in this. Like, mainly like a lot of Dolphin Horror does. So I don't want to ruin that part. Um, the third story where the third sister start talking. I mean, the third pledge start talking about a story about these girls make a prank call. They call the wrong person, let's just say, and then they got they got to be chased by the killer in their own house. I feel like this third story was kind of weak because it was like, uh, you have a group of people in the house getting killed by this one killer. You telling me all this? Plus, you even got a police officer in the fucking house. You telling me none of these girls or the police officers cannot jump that one killer, you know? But the killer ended up killing them one by one, and then of course you can take a while to guess what this ended, how this ended, you know? And then. Then after the third story, you get to your final story, which is connected to the first intro part of the story about the sorority sisters, how um they all got they all got like poisoned, and you be wondering how come how who poisoned them stuff, and I like I said I don't want to ruin this moment for you because you find out that one of the pledges is the one that poisoned these girls, and they have a reason, and she had a reason why she did it, you know and. It's gonna explain. I'm um, all the telling was an enjoyable anthology horror, but it's not the greatest at the same time. But I did enjoy the beginning part of the intro and the ending outro for this movie though. And I give credit for that. Anyway, peace guys, see you later. Hey guys and gals, I'll be talking about a movie called Jungle Version Force. And you know, I, I watch all, all kinds of movies and I know I said a lot of video blogs. And I did watch a lot of um Malaysian Indian Asian move movies from India Indonesia Indonesia yeah my fault Indonesia or Malaysian type of movies they you know like Barry Prima stuff and I I read a couple of these movies on on this channel page on on this type of style but Jungle Force Force has to be the worst of the worst and I'm gonna spoil the ending for you because the easiest ending to spoil. It's one of those endings you really don't like. And you guys already know what I'm talking about. And gals. Check this out. Did you think this movie would be like one of those type of cannibal movies? But it's, it's you have a little bit of cannibalism in this movie. Um, you got this group of young kids going to this island to discover, I, I believe, this tribe. And then you got this other group of people that wants to go to the island for, for treasure. And then you got people that betray each other in the group. And um, and also you got the second part of the story about this jungle one female tribe versus the evil male tribe run by evil evil black wizard, and then you know later as the movie progressed they're gonna try and rebel against rebel to battle against them. Anyway, you got your modern modern travelers to the island. They find another um, person from the island talking about they they would they want to help him out find his daughter also. While they're doing their research, as the movie progresses, some of them get captured by the um, from the tribes, and they had to escape. Um, s- s- the good tribe saved the save the pe- save the people that were captured by the bad tribe, and you know the movie progresses. You know with them, like trying to mess with some other other guy's woman, and they end up fighting, and the other woman's getting jealous. The other woman from the bad bad group of travelers 
monsters are trying to get the treasure map to find treasure in Ireland. And, you know, it's all this fucking shit mumbling around. Well, when you get the good, let's put it like this, when you get the good people with the good tribe and the bad tribe ready to fight against the fem- the good, tr- to evade the female tribe, they end up going to war and it, and the travelers end up fighting with the good the good people side, even the bad tr- travelers end up fighting for the good side too because they gotta survive because the bad tribal members still kill them. <laughs> so they don't, you gotta get this, you get this f- ending, you get this all of this battle scene shit going on all over the fucking place and you get your ending with the, with the hello and the heroine that's in love with each other survive, yeah, pretty much everybody fucking dies how fucking stupid, I hate movies like this everybody fucking dies and, every, and, and only two people live a happy life not even a few survivors so, so, so it's like that saying war, what is it good for, you know, <laughs> like you know, this jungle force is the stupidest fucking Shitty ass bad B movie I ever seen, but um, you know, if you like this type of stuff, and not all of them are bad, there's a few good ones I actually enjoyed, but this one is the worst of the worst. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. What's up, guys? Today, we talk about the movie Guardians of the Realm, and um, I love this front cover, guys. I really do. And um, the only problem with this DVD that I really, really fucking have is this. There's no special kind of special features in this fucking movie. I wish it does. I felt I really enjoyed this movie. Well, anyway, it has Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardian of the Realm trailer, trailer gallery 5.1, doubly surrounded, 2.0 stereo, widescreen, closed caption, and Spanish subtitle. The movie is 110 minutes. Pretty much, this movie is one hour and 50 minutes, close to two hours, and I feel like it was worth it anyway. Um, I love the action. I love the hero of this movie. His martial arts skills are really fucking good. Um, the movie's about these two hunters, right? They had a battle demons around Los Angeles. And, um, you found out this main demon, a female, a played by a, a, a woman who's possessed by a demon. The demons use her as a vessel. And sent other demons to steal an artifact. You know? And pretty much the evil demon, pretty much, is obvious. Wants to rule the world. Wants to bring the dark world to Earth, where demons could run rampant. You know, and destroy the destroy humans and use them as slaves. Um, you got a hunter that's a team up with a partner, a female partner from another division and they, they work for like this underground organization when they stop the forces of evil, kill demons. And I like the special effects of the demons, how they look. Um, the action scenes are really fucking good, man. I mean, really good. And then you later on when they fight all these different demons, you also got a twist with one of the hunter who happens to live a long time in this world, you find that the female hunter was actually an angel warrior, you know, who was sent to um, stop the demons and stuff. As the male hunter goes and try, goes and try to save her by being sacrificed from the female lead demon, um, you find out that when the female lead demon drinks the blood of the angel, she turns into a true form, and that's when, when the angel dies, she told the hunter that you could kill the the main demon in his true form, so he took the sword, the Osriel, like, like I think it was the sword of Osriel, to battle the demon. Um, oh, I mean, pretty much that's all the concept is of this movie, you know, two hunters battle against the forces of evil. But I mean, this movie is just good. Don't be fooled by the cover. Don't be fooled by how the independent scale looks. But it's this movie is really good. I mean. Um, Guardians of the Realm, um, definitely get this on DVD. Um, let me give you a little 
um, trivia. I did watch this movie like more than once. When I seen it again, I realized, wait a minute, did I see this movie already? And I did, you know? But now, guess what? I finally have a chance to talk about it on YouTube. And now I'm going to remember it. And not only that, I have it in my collection now, so that's even better. Um, one of the demons I liked was this robotic demon. Really cool scene with this robot demon kicking ass. And um, you also got this Omni type of demon. You know those Japanese type of demons? We see like the demon demonic face and with the hair. You got a demon that looked like that too. Um, also like the beginning of the scene with the um, cult lead. When At the beginning of the movie you have these cults. And one of the cult leader came in late. And that's how they brought the demon through the egg, and because the, the demon because the vessel of the woman, who happens to become the lead demon later on, and you also find out later in the and later to the movie that the leader, the one of the lead one of the lead members of the cult, was kept alive, so she so I mean excuse me, so he could finance her, her demon her demon race to live much longer into the world, and then the demon woman, lead demon woman decided to kill the cult leader. One of the cult leader members, you know, because he was useless now. I thought that was a fun scene because I like that Omni Demon. That Omni Demon looked pretty cool, though. You know? Anyway, guys, yeah, like I said, go to the realm, check it out. Peace, guys. See you later. Today, we're finally going to be talking about Evil Dead Part 2. And, um, wow. <laughs> this time is still had the horror elements, but it was much more comedy. Um, but it, it works. It does work. This is one of those horror movies slash comedy that it works great together and um this um explain was a remix of part one it was a remake from corrected with a higher budget and um Bruce Campbell's woman I mean Ash played by Bruce Campbell as woman goes to the cabin this time so the story starts off with two characters and this movie does not hold back it is like pretty much fast paced if you think about it. I mean they hold back nothing. It's like let's get to it right now. Six minutes the woman was already, he read like, he started to record in the cabins this time, this time the Book of the Dead is right on the table. And he told the tape recording pretty much, again, the demons, the spirit of the demon possessed his girlfriend, you know, and um, she, she ready to kill Ash, I mean, and then he knocked her out, buries her, and then he was one, he's walking, he's in back in the cabin like, what the fuck just happened, you know? And um, he had this comedy element, the slapstick. Uh, he tried to escape, got the bridge turned into a hand light, so he got no way to escape. Uh, he has to go back to the cabin. He saw his woman, the zombie woman, his girlfriend that became a zombie now, comes out the grave from ballet dancing. And also, this movie also has a flashback to the book about the scientist, how he finds the book. I'll show you a little scene how he found the book and the knife. So you got a little flashback of it. For Evil Dead Part 2, um, there's a scene when the daughter comes down from the plane, sees so her boyfriend to go back to the cabin, so she showed the final pages to her father, like, and they were also accompanying them as a hillbilly and his woman, and they, while Bruce Campbell's going crazy again, um, blood splatter, um, his hair's going crazy, he, he almost, he got, he almost turned to a de demon himself at the beginning. But the sunlight kind of stop it, um, you know. Go, go through all the all the all the funny stuff going around with the horror in this movie, and then finally, the the daughter of the scientist, the boyfriend, the hillbilly couple, come to the house, knock down Bruce Campbell. He he shot the door by accident because he thought it was the demon, and they leave him in the basement. And guess what? 
he wasn't the only one in the basement because the woman's mother, they, they, they were taken called the father, also mentioned that his wife was possessed by the demon, so he had to bury her in the basement. And the, the demon, demon woman from the basement is going after Ash, Ash, Ash to get out the hell in the basement, let him out. They finally let him out. But guess what? The boyfriend is also possessed by the demon. And one by one, pretty much, they always get possessed by the demon, you know. Um, you also got the angry um, female that's like, molested by the tree. Yeah, not, not angry female, she was the hillbilly female that was like temporarily molested by the tree. You know, the tree pawn comes back. Um, blood and gore, man. I mean, and they found out that the woman was found on the book that you go open a portal to suck the evil back in. Um, also, while uh, the hillbilly, um, the hillbilly guy wanted to, um, one of Bruce Cameron the goal to go with him to look for Bobby Joe, his woman, which was already dead anyway. Um, he took the page and put it down the throw down the basement, so he has to force them to go with him to look for his girl. And that's when the spirit of the possessed Bruce Campbell's character, and he started going after the woman. Now he was about to kill the scientist's daughter, and then his emotional feelings kind of got him out of the possession finally. And then he that's when he becomes like. Super Ash, you know, with the gun and the finally the demon with the chainsaw in his hand, um, and they had to battle the demon, you know, pretty much. Um, the female, the mother, the scientist's mother, who's possessed with the demon now, and um, they kill her off. Then you got the tr angry trees breaking to the cabin. Then you got the main demon coming out, holding Bruce Campbell with his giant tree hand, you know. The woman gets stabbed by the Bruce Campbell hand crawling. And they see, so still, so still like to do the spell to, to open up the portal, and then you got that what the fuck ended. Um, all in all, this movie was really good. I did enjoy it. Um, the comedy element, at first I had to get used to it, but then when I realized that it wasn't meant to be taken so seriously like that, I kind of grew grew into it after that back in the days. And I just, the, but the comedy was good anyway. Like I said, the comedy was good when you when you realize what it was, and you you know, you know, it's like oh okay, cool. You know, it worked it. There's so many one liners, man. I mean, come on. And the old day two is good. It's good. What can I say? What's <laughs> up? So, um, today's a brand new review. And um before I start, I just wanna say I'm just I finished re uploaded all my DVD movie buffer classics. The movie reviews you just saw, the DVD movie buffer classic are the ones I did back in two thousand nine and two thousand ten I would say. And there was an era back in 2009, a movie coming on YouTube, where it was awesome. Um, after that, I had countless accounts, you know, and um, I decided I came back to 2009's DVD movie buffer, and I, just to, because I really want to talk more about full-length movies like I did before, and when I did the first DVD movie buffer page, I kind of threw a lot of people off with other video blogs like comic books, action figure video games, and, and a lot of people didn't like it, and I... I and I realized I was kind of angry when people unsubscribed to me and they left. And I was like, you know what? It's 2013 now. I decided to come back to the movie buffer once more. And stick with the game plan. You know, stick with what I did before. And um, and I, like I said, this channel is all about full-length movies. You know, I promise you guys that. And DVD updates and movie news, mostly. Um, if anyone's interested, um, I do have more movie reviews I did. After the DVD movie buffer era back, because I kind of changed my name like to Looney Bin, Mega Whack Man. I had like different tag names, you know. 
And um, I have more reviews after the David movie, but forever, like, with even more, trust me, you still have to talk about crazy movies now, but I have them without clips this time, because with YouTube copyrights, it just gets crazy. But in my other channel, you get those other movie reviews, plus you get the same movie reviews you got here, but without the clips and photos that you click spent. And you get some movie reviews that YouTube would not let me upload on DVD Movie Buffer channel. So, this new one, I mean. So, I still have those reviews, but like I said, they edit with, with no clips on it this time on my other channel. And if you're interested in my second channel, let me know. I'll send you a link. I'm only giving it to people with full profile and face, because that means you're real and you're not a troll or nothing. And if anyone wants to find it, you find it on your own by the search bar. But, um,. <coughs> Um, my, my second channel is to say it's not only movie reviews, also have video games, comic books, action figures, food blogs, um, the comedy sketches I have did. I play different characters. You know, it offended a lot of people. A lot of people got mad at me for playing offensive characters. But you know, it's all comedy, you know, with those comedy sketches. And I also have all those crazy stuff I did on my second channel. So if you want to see a little bit more, like, more of me, let me know and I'll send you the link to my second channel. Um, meanwhile, let me just say to the new subscribers and, and also my day one supporters here on the DVD Movie Buffer channel, I want to say thank you guys for subscribing, supporting me, you know, I love movies just like everyone else, and, um, I check a lot of you guys' videos out, and it's amazing how the YouTube movie community grew, and it was, it was so much, to, to me, that I think the movie community now is so much better than it was before, because, when I joined in 2009, when I came back, people was getting along, and then a, a couple of months or a year later, people started fighting with each other, and I was like, what the hell is going on? We only talk about movies, why are we, are we beefing, you know? And, um, and now I feel like everyone's getting along, and yeah, there's some trolls and haters running around, disrespecting opinions, but that's how they are, that's how people are, you know, sad, sad to say, you know? But meanwhile, let's get to this movie review talk, I want to talk about Dino Wolf. Um, special features, behind-the-scenes video, widescreen, original trailer, commentary track, and, um, Fred Orlin Ray directed this, which is awesome. Gil Zerat is also in this movie, but he doesn't have a big part in this movie. He's, like, one of those big stars that you grew up with. When you see sci-fi channel movies, they're usually the big the stars, like, they sit behind the scenes, like, behind the desk or behind the office type of scene. That's what Gil Zerat is. He plays, like, a Captain General-like reading his file and telling people, okay, I'm going to send out two FBI's to go after this beast, and pretty much that's what he does. He sits behind the desk. And you don't see too much of that either. But Dino Wolf is about a creature, right? That's like supposed to be like a prehistoric wolf, but what I found, he's a hybrid of human DNA, and he escaped this tank. And I be asking myself, that's one little plot hole, like, who opened the door, and how did he escape the tank? I guess maybe the human DNA in this Dino Wolf Guess he decided to open the door. <laughs> That's what I guess. And he killed people in the base, you know, the test lab base. And then Dino Wolf runs outside, and of course he goes on the killing spree. And of course you got your story about this sheriff and his son, and the son has to learn to, to be his own man, you know, like he wants to be his own thing and deal with being a game warden pretty much. While his father's like challenging him, like, you know. You gotta do your things on your own, man. You gotta learn. I can help you out, but I gotta see how you man up, pretty much. <laughs> you know? And then you got the FBI agent that Gil Jalal's character sent to um, 
find this dino wolf and they find like a scientist and his assistant in the lab and you want to help them get killed. Later on you find out about this dino wolf is a prehistoric beast. He's a hybrid between DNA, human DNA, and they pretty much have to go after the dino wolf and then the sheriff, the son's father who is the sheriff, um, goes to, so he saw what goes on the lab. He decided, you know what, I'll bring you on question the FBI agents and, and the scientists. And the Primus team up to go out to Dino Wolf in the woods. Dino Wolf killing innocent people in the woods. And it's a simple creature kill, you know. It's like Dino Wolf, like, biting, scratching, ripping your guts, blood and gore. You know, Fred Olinway's style, you know. Um, then later on you find in the movie that how this wolf, there was more to the story that his DNA also was compared to the second scientist, the female scientist, like an embryo eggs. And that's why every time the wolf sees her, he can't kill her, you know, he felt like, a, like that's his mom, you know, like a psychic mom connection. And then you get to the ending when they found fight against the dino wolf and how they got to stop him by um, shocking the dino wolf. And, um, it, it, was a, it was a simple, I mean, they kill the dino wolf with the shock treatment pretty much, like electricity as the, as, as the scientist woman lead the wolf to the trap. And they pretty much kill the dino wolf, you know. Um, all in all, this movie was good. I actually enjoyed it. And what I, what I like with this movie is like good old-fashioned special effects, not CGI. Because when you see the behind the scenes, there's actually a, cost, a guy in a costume as Dino Wolf. You know, so I thought I thought this movie was really cool. Um, yeah, I want a little bit more, but I felt like it was, a, it was I felt like it was well balanced. You know, between story and and the wolf itself. You know, a uh, very enjoyable movie. Um, I also say check out the Watcher movie, like one, two, three, and four. If you like this, you definitely will like watch also. Yeah, so Dino Wolf. Um, let me show you the back cover too. Retro Media. Alright, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys, what's up? Today I will be talking about the Dawn of the Dead remake. And of course, this is the uh, unrated director's cut. Loaded with good special features, especially especially the deleted scenes. By the way, you want some more blood and going zombie action? Definitely check out the deleted scenes. Um, wow, close to two hours of this movie, man. And um, when I first heard about this remake, I was like, you know, I had doubts about it. I didn't see it in the movie theaters. So when it hit the home market release, that's when I knew the power of this fucking remake. And I was like. Damn, this movie is like if you like if you're like a horror fan or just a guy that just likes to sit down or watch a horror movie and you want everything that you like, you got some tits and ass in this movie, you know, like one nudity scene and one nude scene when the credits roll up roll up. But blood and go wise, man, yo, you gotta have a field day with this movie, man. And um like the original, let me just say that also the remake. Not only that we have action, good drama, good interaction with the people, but it was pretty, um, the sense of humor mainly, like in the original movie of Dawn of the Dead, the sense of humor is also attacking the remake too, you know? And what, what I like about this remake, they make it their own, while keeping a little bit of the same concept from the original story, but mainly they made it, they make it, this remake their own. And this is what makes a good horror remake, is when you take some concept, but also make the last a lot of your stuff your own. That's why, to me, like my bloody Valentine was good. The remake, to me, that's why this latest remake, Silent Night, was good because they made it their own. 
you know, Piranha, same thing, the Piranha remake, the first one, that's why it was good. They take a little bit of the same concept, but all around, mostly, they make made most of it their own, you know? And that's what, to me, is a key factor in a horror remake. Dawn of the Dead is one of those good horror remakes. And, you know, you got this woman, right, who's like a nurse. She gone back home, living a happy life. And I'm so sorry, I don't know why this fucking radiator is always fucking on when I'm ready to do a YouTube video blog. It's getting ridiculous. It's worse than my phone call for phones ringing in the back. Um, please forgive me, guys. I hate when I do reviews that you got radiator noises and shit like that. Also, about my knocking door and bother me. Anyway, you got the nurse. He goes back. Everything's like all happy and shit. Then her man became a zombie. She on the run, and when she's outside, the whole the whole um, um suburban area getting affected with the zombie virus. Everybody's dying. Um, people are getting eaten up. Fires coming out. Cars crashing into another car. And then the lady um, crashed her car because somebody, because one of the MTA, like the bus driver, excuse me, trying to get into the car and accidentally the lady hit the car in the rail post. Like, no, I think it was a tree, my mistake. And she comes out and she saw Ring Rain Reams character. And she saw other characters too, like few survivors. They go in the mall. And they fight over, they see zombies, they fight over some zombies, they, they got into the mall, they face these two security guards, and the security guard wanna own the mall for themselves, but, you know, kinda like, held them hostage a little bit, until they, until the, one of those security guards let them out, and now they got the power to like, hey, we're gonna run this mall too, you know, like, control yourself, we come in peace, pretty much. And for a while, the two security guards, are like, over, like, over hyper, like, in a way, they put, they put them in a holding cell to cool them down, pretty much. And then later on, they got out because, you know, they all got to work together. Meanwhile, you got another new cast of characters driving a truck. And they end up going inside the mall. And you got one of the survivors in that, when they came, new survivors, they came in the mall, one, the fat lady. She was bitten by the zombie, and she turned to the zombie. And then the nurse woman stabbed this, this fat zombie woman with a staff, like a little small poke knife-like. And killed them, and you know this stuff. And then the nurse start finding out that people become a zombie when you become affected by getting bit, you know. And um, when they find that out, they they realize okay, the zombies could die and stuff. And then you get some interaction with the characters, how just like the original Dawn of that, how they run around the mall, start enjoying themselves, you know, find some time to to kill time, spend time, uh, while a very main character he spends time like playing chess or looking across the street because there's another survivor across the street who owns the gun store you know and that they come and they like communicate with this guy named Andy back and forth later on in the movie they um wanted to find a way to try to, try to get out so they had these two garage truck these two trucks trying to reinforce it with some armor and stuff and um and one guy one of the survivors have an idea about with the chainsaw. He puts inside the truck with the lines, which I felt like was really cool. Uh, while Andy from the across from across the street tells the range captain he's kind of hungry, so they want to send the dog out to um, deliver the food, right? And this stupid girl, one of the one of the female survivors, didn't want the dog to go, but the dog went. And the funny thing is, this is like to me one stupid moment. In this movie was that moment it was like. If the dog actually walk out across the street to give the guy food, right? 
but the zombies don't want to eat the dog. So that's kind of weird, man. I don't know why. Because you think the zombies will eat anybody. So I, I don't know. If you could explain that scene to me, please explain it. Because it still got me like dumbfounded. Like, hmm. Maybe the dog had bad body odor. Even the zombies don't want to touch it. Anyway, the dog went inside the little um, hole thing in the door to go inside and give the food to Andy. But the zombie used that little do um, hole in the door to go in it. And they had, because before, when the door was about to close, they went inside anyway. And they attacked Andy, pretty obvious. He was talking to Rocky Talkie with Ming Ming's character. Then they even bit. And um, Ming Ming didn't want to tell him that you're going to be a zombie. He didn't want to, like, hurt him, you know, hurt his feelings in a way. So the stupid girl that owns that dog now decided, I'm going to take the truck and go across the street. And the, and, the, and the other survivors on the rooftop was wondering, idiot, <laughs> you know, pretty much, like, okay, we got to go save the girl now. They got into the gun store, get some animation. I mean, mission, excuse me, you know, supplies for gun bullets. So I want speech. And they were able to get some animation. <laughs> I mean, mission. <laughs> My speech sucks, man. I'm sorry, guys. But they got some bullets, some guns. And they saw Andy as a zombie. They kill him. They save the girl. They got him back to the mall. And they, they're trying to, like, fight with the zombies that's chasing them in the sewer. And the zombies finally break into the mall now. And the other survivors say, we gotta go. We gotta go in this truck. You know, we gotta go outside and go to the boat because on one of the scenes, the guy mentioned, you know, if you want to get out of it, you can just take my boat. Yes, he was joking around. They figured that was a good idea. So anyway, they they got into the truck and got off the mall. There was a whole bunch of fucking zombies. Um, CJ, I love CJ, man, but I was mad when he died in this movie, man, because he was like actually my favorite character. Like, I like all the characters in this movie. Actually, to me, I feel like all the actors actually was actually likable in my opinion. Even the ones that don't hardly talk much, they were likable too. So that's why I like, I mean, that's why I like this remake. It was like, to me, it was perfect in a way from beginning to end, you know? But besides that, CJ took a propane like the tank and shoot it, and there was a big explosion. All the zombies pretty much died out in the front. They were able to make a pathway to drive the truck. Um, the gay guy had a chainsaw. He had to kill one of the zombies that was hanging under the truck. And by accidentally, he killed the slutty girl. And actually, it's like bus saw her up, and the second truck just tilted. Um, the other guy um, who owns the boat, he didn't want to save Ring Bane's cattle, so he walked out. But then he ended up getting bit by a zombie. He was pretty much the asshole of the movie. And then a few of the survivors on the bus walked out while the nurse comes in and shoot the asshole and shoot the other zombie. And they all run to the first truck. They're driving off, and they finally got to the boat and dock. And the, one of the love interests for the nurse in the movie, he ended up being bit anyway, so he told her I have to stay behind, and then the rest of them got on the boat while they sail off, and um, while they sailed off, the guy decided to kill himself, so he was turning into a zombie, so while they sailed on the boat, um, the young guy, one of the, the young security guard that survived, he found a real camera that the guy that owned the boat left, and that's when you see credits start rolling up, and then you start taking video footage, you know, like, Survivors on the boat now, and um, when they head to the island, guess what? It wasn't the same as they thought they were, and that's when the zombies start coming out. So you don't know whether they're dead or not, but pretty obviously the movie presumed they are dead anyway. So, like in the original, they escaped from the helicopter, and this one they escaped from the boat. But um, I say they're dead anyway. But I like how the credits roll up, and you know you see some images of the zombies and stuff. Um, 
This remake was excellent, man. Fuck it. This Devil Dead remake was wonderful. Very well done. Minus that one stupid moment with that dog. I don't know why the zombies don't eat it, eat the dog. But still, besides that, I found this the perfect remake. And the unrated director's cut, I can sit through it from beginning to end. It didn't, it didn't affect me at all. So I want to say thank you, Zack Snyder, for releasing this version. And, um, I mean, I really appreciate it. I like the when the director released a home market version. And they're like, you know, we're going to release it with everything. Did they scenes? How we really wanted to do, like, the director's cut version. And with good special features for the fans. And I love Zack Snyder. I love when he do stuff like that. I know for his home walking release, he always do that for his DVDs. And that I pay respect respect to. So I hope people like Eli Roth and Quinn Tarantino pay attention and start showing your respect to your fans. I mean, I mean, when your fans are loyal to your movies, please release your release the movie in home walking like uncut or with DVD scenes and stuff. That's how you really want it to be for the home walking release because. What they can't show the theaters, and when they're having the home market release, they really don't want to really release too much material, you know what I'm saying? And that, that goes same for fucking Christopher Nolan, too. You too, Christopher Nolan, fuck you. You know, there's a lot of fans that support your movie because you're a good director, you got good movies, but at the same time, I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, Christopher Nolan had a few movies I didn't like, but he had a lot of good movies besides that, and Christopher Nolan doesn't want to release any material, and that's disrespectful to the fans. You know, so I hope those, those three directors I've mentioned pay more attention to your fans when you release the stuff in home market and start showing your true vision, you know. And, um, but Zack Snyder, definitely kudos to you. And I'm looking forward to your movie next year, by the way. And we all know what that is. So, peace, guys. See you later. Guys, what's up? Um, I'm not gonna put no pictures in front of this video blog because I'll be talking about the movie Dawn of the Dead. I got, I got like the four disc special edition, but I keep all my DVDs in a book. So sorry, guys. I mean, I know a lot of people say, like, "Where's the book? Where's the DVD case? What the hell?" <laughs> well, anyway, I saw the extended version of the movie, and it's like two hours and nineteen minutes long. Um, let me just say something about Dawn of the Dead, man. This movie holds up to this day. Uh, after seeing it again. I, ha I would have to say that this is truly is the better zombie movie because I love the zombie action. I love the zombie movement, how the zombie looks. Like, to me, they look scary, you know. Even though you have your rotten zombies, but you don't have, like, your zombies that look like Return of the Living Dead zombies. They're more, like, human, pale. Some of them have scars and marks and stuff. But the zombie movement, movement is so scary, man. It's like, the style of it was so good. And, um, the kill scenes were good. But mainly the extended version is actually more drama. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is blood and gore. There are kill scenes in the movie. But it's mainly, mainly to me, what I hope about this movie is mostly most like a political statement, if I'm corrected. But I see it as a good fucking zombie movie. You got this new reporter pilot and these two guys from the police force, like, like a SWAT team. And, um, you know, they balance the zombies, running from zombies attacks and stuff like that. And they end up going to the mall. So they stay in the mall because that's where everything is. You got food clothes, fresh water, bathroom and shit, you know what I'm saying? So they stay in the mall, and plus you got zombies in the mall too, and they end up getting rid of the zombies, cleaning them out, kicking them out the mall. Um, they go, they find ways of blocking the exits so the zombies will not come back in, like going outside to get the, like the trucks and stuff, blocking exits. Um, the helicopter's on the rooftop, of course, 
So they're pretty much got the advantage here. The zombies, they you get a couple of fast-paced zombies, but it's mostly like slow-paced zombies, of course. And um, that's good because they survive a lot longer in this fucking mall. Because if the, if this is the zombies from 28 Days Later in this movie, they wouldn't even be there in the fucking mall. They'd be running all over the fucking mall. These fucking dead zombies, like running, you know. Um, and you know, pretty much the survivors have to cope with each other and you know get used to the mall. Um, live live like pretend to be normal society. You know, zombies are running the earth now. You know what I'm saying? But they they stay in the room and as as time goes by, one of the woman feels like you know that she's getting tired of it, but she stayed. She she tough it out. And then later in the movie, you got the um, guy teaching the, a woman's boyfriend, her man, she's out to ride a helicopter. And later on, you see like Tom Savini's character, and then he plays like a motorcycle leader of these motorcycle gang, and they know some survivors of the helicopter in the mall. You know, it was to have people in it, so they realize that hey, there are survivors in the mall. So the motorcycle gang decides that we're gonna raid this mall. You know, crash it, get supplies, and have some fun with the zombies. You know, kill the zombies, sledgehammer, beating the zombies up, pretty much bullying the zombies. You know, while survivors are like trying to like push, push the um, like stay away from the gang. But the guy, they stayed in the mall for so long, long time. He felt like the mall was his. You know, he was too used to it. So he decided to shoot one of the motorcycle gangs and stuff. You know, trying to fight back. And the most like, again knows that they are survivors trying to shoot shoot at them anyway, so they want to so they're going after them, and because of that, guess what? The guy ended up getting bit by the zombie to go for his boyfriend pretty much, and then the black guy and the woman pretty much as the woman told the woman to go go up to the helicopter. The black guy's fighting off the zombies, and he decided to stay, you know. But later on, the black guy said, "You know what? I want to live. Man. Fuck it, I'm out." And then he said, and the woman comes back from with the helicopter. He got in the helicopter and they ride off. And then you got your end credits when the zombies pretty much taking over the mall and everything. And the reason why the zombies keep going to the mall because, you know, it's like that's the place they were used to when they were humans. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is the place. And it's like when the boyfriend was bit from the zombie, he knew where the secret location is when he was dead. So he wanted to go back upstairs because he was used to it. You know? But, um,. Although this was a really good movie, man. Um, if you can see the extended version, drink, drink, drink your energy drink because, yeah, because you're gonna have your zombie moments and action and stuff, but you gotta get through the talking and stuff, you know, the drama part. And you know, I mean, I fell asleep a few times, but I kept on, I kept, I kept on staying awake. I had to rewind it back on the scenes I missed and stuff. Yeah, because I've been a long time I've seen it, but yeah, again, I stayed up though, so I, I still survived watching this movie from beginning to end. But again, it's not a bad movie. It's really good though. This is the oh, this is the extended version. So, yeah, I still see this version is is more talking. It's more to the characters, more character development, and it gets you comfortable with the characters. You know, um, the U.S. theatrical cut is good. The European version is good because I actually like the Goblin soundtrack to it. But um, Dawn of the Dead, yeah, check it out. Get the box set because you know with the, with the three disc and um, the doc the bonus disc also. <laughs> You should get that like for $25. It's cheap now. That I know. If it was me, Lord Skull, 
And today's movie I'll be reviewing is called Contamination. If you love bad Italian cheesy movie, this is one of those movies for you then. There was absolutely nothing in there. It's kind of boring at the at first, you know, but pretty much it's about alien eggs that was ported to from a ship coming to New York. The purpose of these eggs, you touch them, they blow up. There's not a soul in sight. Really weird. And once the acid hits you, then you blow up. Your stomach blow up. That's why I call a quick weight loss program for you guys. <laughs> and also, as this government team investigate where these eggs come from and what they do, the investigated female. There's somebody in there, I'm sure. And her two colleagues decided to go down South America. They found the origin of the eggs, why they came from there. And when you get towards the end, you get to see alien action. Stupid alien action with a fat ass alien with one eye standing there still, looking at you, calling you to come closer so it can eat you up. Pretty much that's what the whole fucking movie is about. But all in all, if you like bad Italian cheesy movie, then it's okay for you then. Gore-wise, stomach explosion. Yes, cheesy stomach explosion. Boom! Anyway, Contamination, check it out. It's okay movie. Guys, what's up? Today we talk about the movie Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. Um, this is a Canadian DVD because it has like the maple tree leaf. But I got this for $4, man. I always wanted to get this in my collection. I love this movie so much. And Hammer, I just wish back in the time zone, the time frame of this movie. Uh, they don't know. I wonder if they could have just made this into a sequel. This, this kind of sports so many sequels, man. But you know what? If a movie needs a remake now, I guess it will be a remake, meaning that it should, it should be like a sequel after it. Since the guy is old now. I don't know if he's dead or not, that guy who played Captain Kronos, I'm not sure, I hope not, I hope he's alive. But if they're, if they're ever going to remake this movie, or make a sequel to Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, I, I think it should be um, somebody like Hugh Jackman, because I can see him playing this character in, in, in today's time, you know, in the 2013 and up era, and so on. So Hammer, make up, your, make up the times, man, capitalize on this movie. You know, I love to see a sequel to this. It, it is a sequel, and I'm always when I see Vampire Hunter D, the guy that created it, I always say I bet I bet you he based it on this character because I remember an interview he said he based that character on Clint Eastwood. I was like, to me, he kind of based Vampire Hunter D on a combination of Clint Eastwood and this character. But I know it's one minute and twenty-seven seconds already, so let me just get to the point. Capricorn is Vampire Hunter, classic movie. It's not your typical vampire movie, because in this movie, they got a different take on the vampire he's fighting, and you got Captain Kronos and a sidekick, the professor, you know, they go into this town, they find this town, like, this vampire in a black cloak, like, kissing women, like, like, biting them in the blood of the lips, and turning these women to, from old age, it's not like this vampire stuff drain the blood, it's just drain a portion of the blood, but it just takes away their life, you know, and I was like, to me, that was a unique take on, on Hammer-style vampire movies, you know. And it was one of a kind for me for its time, because I've never seen it like this. Because usually most vampire movies is like, okay, I'll just drink your blood in the end. 
you know but no this is going for the life like like a succubus or type of thing but um while that, while Krabby Krona psychic uh, was going to the town they saved this woman who was like in shackles like like, like she was like in the wooden like shackle thing you know and he freed her played by Karen Monroe or Monroe I hope I'm saying her name right sexy as hell one of the old school screen queens by the way so she ends up hanging out with Captain Kronos and the professor. As they go to the town, Captain Kronos visits friend Dr. Marcus, you know, and Dr. Marcus is explaining what's going on on the town. And it was Captain Kronos and his sidekick. And with the help of the doctor, Dr. Marcus have to investigate um, who's doing the killing, how they gotta how they gotta trap this this um culprit pretty much. Um later on you find out that there's other characters in the movie like the Dorids brother and sister and their mother who was visiting the grave of their father who's dead and um later on in the movie um Captain Corona stopped having traps like Toad and if one of them is alive it feels like maybe the destination of the grave of the vampire pretty much and while it was following the tracks Captain Kronos they went to one side of the track while Dr. Marcus decided to stay behind and go to a, another part of the track Leading to Dowood's home and visit the Dowoods and um you know, see how they doing and then Dr. Marcus left and Dr. Marcus saw this mysterious dark cloak figure and we don't know what happened after that, but then when Dr. Marcus and then we got Captain Crones going to the barn, um, Dr. Marcus has shaving his face and he realized I'm getting younger and he went to Captain Crone I mean excuse me, vampire I mean Hold on, I'm saying Captain, yeah, Captain Kronos. I can go to Kronos Vampire Hunter mostly. But Captain Kronos, he told Captain Kronos, like, he's, he's, he feels like he's a vampire. You see the teeth of Dr. Marcus. And then Captain Kronos had to kill his friend. He has no choice. So he staked him, but he wasn't dead from the stake. So the professor said that we got to hang him. Like, they die from their own blood, like, you know, when they're dying. And then that didn't work. And then you find out that Dr. Marcus' vampire form died. And then Captain Kronos wonder how he was dead. It was a steel cross to his chest, so it was like the steel of the cross killed him. So later on in the movie, the professor had built him a new sword made out of steel, you know? And then it was kind of cool when the professor was building him, making the sword for Captain Kronos. It was like Captain Kronos had this cloth over his face, like he was meditating. So I thought it was like, what the hell is he doing? He was like, he was like this, hold on. With a cloth over his face. I'm like, yo, that's a good way of uh, meditating. I should try that myself, personally. Maybe I might sleep better. Who knows? But out of curiosity, yeah, that's what he was doing. I, I, I might try that, by the way. Seriously. I might have better sleep. But anyway, so he built, so the professor built this cool sword made out of steel. And um, then he gave him, like, a mirror, like a, sh like a shield mirror to go with the sword as an add-on. And then he, then that's when... Captain Kronos, he asked Cal Manu's, Manu's character, the beautiful woman the, who was with Captain Kronos and the professor, to be bait, you know, to go to the Dowards. And by the way, I'm going to spoil it. So, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Gonna spoil the ending. This is an old movie, so I'm going to talk about it. I'm just going to spoil it. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, I advise you to turn away from this video blog right now. I feel like it had a good twist ending for its time because I was shocked. I didn't expect it to be what it is. Because I actually thought it was the brother and sister that was the vampire, but nah. Anyway, 
like I say, they're not vampires now. Figure that out already. But vampire Captain Cronus, excuse me, used Kalmaru's character as bait. So they climb up on the on top of the house, and and later on it reveals that the vampire was happened to be the Doward's mother. The mother was never old; she was always young, you know. And then not only that, the mother ended up bringing back the father, who was supposed to be dead, and the father was alive too. And the brother and sister were surprised, you know. But the mother put in a hypnotic trance, telling to her children, her, her daughter and son, or which is the brother and sister in the movie, that you will not remember what's going on, you know. So she kind of like used her kids, you know, like as a cover pretty much. And then Captain Kronos, um, was, and then Captain Kronos was going to stop the f father, who was supposed to be dead, but he's alive now in the vampire form. And then he pushed the father away of the, of the Doorwoods. And, um, then he was ready to fight the mother. And he kind of Kronos showed like the sh the middle thing like the shield, and then the mother was hypnotic trance herself, you know. So she stood still, and then you had this cool sword fight between Captain Kronos and Lord Dorwood, you know, which is the father of the brother and sister team, pretty much. And they were having an awesome sword fight, and the professor kind of come in later on and gave the iron sword to Captain Kronos to kill the Lord Dorwood, and then later on killed the mother, and then they turned to bones and stuff. And then the brother and sister finally awakened from the trance, you know, like shock or what went on, by the way. And then Captain Kronos and the Professor and the, and the beautiful Caroline Munro, maybe just saying that, I hope I'm saying her last name right, walked off as um, Captain Kronos and Professor rides off while Caroline Munro's character decided to stay in the town pretty much. Um, oh, Captain Kronos' Vampire Hunter is a classic. I, I mean, seeing this movie now, I keep on saying Vampire Hunter D, you know. But you could tell where um, the guy who created that monster D got it from, you know, from this movie. You know, he just added his own flavor to it. And again, this is a movie that, you know, deserves to be a sequel. And if there were, if Hollywood, if Hollywood had to pick up Hammer, Hammer and have to remake it, let, let it be a remake, you know, that's fine by me. But I, I'd rather have a sequel, you know, it, it's long overdue for a sequel, this movie deserves one. And um, let me just say, the movie is wonderful. And, you know, a lot of people expect for this movie to be, like, really fast-paced and stuff. Um, it, it's kind of like, it, it has a little bit of fast pace at the beginning of the movie and the middle part, and it picks up more at the 45, 45 minutes of the movie, I would say. That's when it picks up a little bit much more. But you have your moments here with the vampire thing, and, but the acting is really good in my opinion. It keeps you, like, wondering, like, who is this mysterious vampire, you know, who is it, and you might think it's that or this, you know. Um, I, this movie is well done. Anyway, guys, let me say peace. See you later. One, what's up? Oh man, let me just let me just get forward to it. I'm about to talk about the movie Bloody Parrot. <laughs> Yo, this movie is pretty, pretty. No, let me say really, really good. I um, mean, Shaw Brothers, you have to get yourself with this one. I really, I really enjoy this movie a lot. Um, what, what I like about this movie is, it's just this movie is constantly full with plots and twists, and it does leave you guessing, like. Like, who is it, pretty much? It's like, to me, I'll take this as an Asian version of a giallo, you know? And this movie could take it in any direction you want. It could be, it could leave you guessing, it could be a supernatural theme. It could be a human theme. Is it a supernatural killer or a human killer? Like, it's going to leave you guessing on what's going on. And it's about this guy, right? And it has this thing, right, this history about this guy. He made, like, these three wishes when he see a bloody parrot. Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. You just gotta watch the movie to understand it much better. 
But it's like the parry offers him three wishes, and the guy ended up he wanted like treasure, and the blade parry gave him like treasure. But then later on, the guy's son died, and he was wishing like pretty much his he was hoping for his son to become alive, and he thought his son was alive. And then you got this, then you got this woman killing the guy, and it's like everybody's like it's like a killing spree pretty much. And then later on, you got this warrior, and he's. Then he's trying to like find out about this treasure. Then he's trying to find out about this bloody parrot story he's hearing about. Um, he ended up going to this brothel. He met this hooker place pretty much. It's a brothel, but you could, I call it a hooker place. You know, he met with this hooker. And then this hooker had like these demonic paintings. And um, he showed this hooker this thing called the blood rock. She ended up being possessed by this demon. And the guy kind of like kind of excised the demon away. Um, it's damn. I don't want to talk too much because it's gonna kill. The, it's gonna kill your experience. But it's called Bloody Parrot, and it's like I said, it, it does have like the the martial arts in this movie. Let me just say, it's really fucking good. It's like the martial arts are like ridiculous good. It's like really action packed, and not only is action packed, it's action packed with a great story to go with it. You know, and I like how this one warrior faced different martial, different sword fighters, pretty much. And different characters, you know, and it's like this movie have like the horror theme to it with the creepiness environment. You know how Show Brothers do like creepy horror environments, you know, with the lighting and the smoke, like, like they know how to they know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's like you go start finding out the true story about the bloody parrot. Like, is this really a myth or or is it true? You know, and you're gonna find out like who's doing it and. What's really going on? It's like, oh, uh, it's like so many plots and twists in this movie, and especially when it gets to the final twist, the twist at it, you be like, oh shit, what? And it'd be like the least person, the least, 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 least bottomless person you would expect to be to try some some psycho shit like this, trying to play tricks on people. Um, really good movie, anyway. Yeah, Bloody Parrot, go check it out. Um, this is actually a bonsai media release, and it's uncut. Um, this is really pretty obvious, really taken from the Region 3 Shaw Brothers um, DVD in the Asian market. Um, it never had a real official Region 1 release, and it's too bad that nobody like Dragon Dynasty did not pick this movie up. I hope, hopefully maybe Dragon Dynasty could pick most of the Region 3 Shaw Brothers classic up and remaster it and put better special features on it, because movies like this really does deserve better. Anyway, peace guys, see you later again.